edition of skip the tutorial number one video game podcast at gamestop i'm one of your hosts this week brian trap boy freddie daniels and joining me across the universe on skype is nothing than todd al simmons fortner what's going on man oh man trap boy freddie <laughs> trap boy freddie got a freddie krueger Hey man, hey man you already know you already know i'm glad we worked some things out of no patreon episode once again it, it, it's true, man. Every week, it's really fun to do this thing with you. I appreciate you uh, taking on the Trap Boy Freddy motherfucker, man. So this weekend, uh, he came out with a song called Hypocrite, which I found interesting based on what's going on with Reddit versus Wall Street. That's the news that's going on. You know what I'm saying? It's just like blood in the streets, man. Like, motherfucking uh, shit unfortunate, bro. But yeah, man, I'm doing good, man. How, how you holding up today, brother? How you holding up? I'm giddy, I'm giddy, I'm giddy as a uh, brony going to a My Little Pony convention. Let's put <laughs> direct reference to this Patreon. Where me and Todd get together every week for extra bonus content for Skip the Tutorial fans in which we work a lot of personal shit out. That's what we did this week. We worked <laughs> a lot of personal shit out. It's how this goes. Yeah, man, to our Patreons. To our Patreons, I apologize ahead of time. Shout out, you know, Shanice on, on the side note with all that other kind of shit. Did you want to go ahead and get that up front real quick? Kind of, you know, I know we discussed it a little bit on there, but just making sure that the tribes been already know that we working on uh, some things to get them involved in doing some Q&As and making sure that uh, their top seven suggestions are acknowledged and put out, you know, on a basis. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we are working on some Patreon exclusive stuff. Outside of the bonus show, including uh, Q&A's uh, top seven suggestions and credit involvement with actually recording an episodes of the show. Um, possibly adding another tier, maybe. Not right now, though, but we're looking at different things here. Uh, I mean, we definitely want to shout out all of the patrons um, who have helped us out and who continue, including Sarah Josh, Venom, Hawks, Adam, Curtis, Jeremy, Anthony, Blake, uh, Bob, of course, Rob, Aaron, Podman, and of course, old school Rileyo, who's been around forever. Thank you so much for kicking in with us. Uh, we're going to add some more stuff to that. We do have a new iTunes review. TJX, reach out to us. We promised an iTunes review. We'd have you on for a top seven. He says on January 28th, gave us a five-star review. 
Real Bright and Todd make every week fun. Sometimes they don't talk about video games, and it's still great. Keep doing what you're doing. It's always a good time. Thank you, sir, for that. Um, so we are working on some Patreon-exclusive stuff, like I said, though. Uh, some of that's probably going to... We're, we're, we're trying to figure out what that really looks like. Uh, so any feedback from you guys, especially those of you who haven't joined the Patreon, let us know what would entice you to come over to the Patreon exclusivity side of things. The uh, and, and let us know what your thoughts are, of course. Um, but if this is your first time listening to this show, the the, the free show, uh, the, me and Todd get together every week. We're a video game show. We talk about video games, some news, a roundtable. Sometimes we break down the top seven. Like we said, uh, if you leave us an iTunes review, you will get an invite to a top seven. Uh, so TJX, you got an invite, reach out well, to our and, email. And, right, and caveat, you know what I mean? Now, let's keep it 1,000 if you already a Patreon, just to finish up with that. I mean, you got dibs over everybody. Absolutely. Know, until we can get until we can get the motherfucking Green Lantern rings, you know what I'm saying, and figure some shit out where, you know, we can manifest things with our will, uh, you know, you got dibs is what we're basically saying. I want to be a Red yeah. Lantern. I want to live by, <laughs> I want to live by anger and brutality. The Red Lanterns. That's what that the is. The Orange Lantern. What about the Orange Lantern? I mean, maybe. The Orange Lantern. The Orange Lantern. The one Orange Lantern. The one Orange Lantern. All right, wait. Isn't it the is it the orange or the blue lanterns that are supposed to be the most powerful? I think it's the blue. I think because that's the cosmic it's side. It's debatable. And then they and then they got they got some. I mean, it's all colors. You you got the White Lantern. That's the most powerful. You got the White Lantern. Of course, that's how that shit worked out. We already talked about that in the Patreon. See how history works out when... Is it... Let me chill out, man. Let me not go there. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Anyway. I might just have said that. Yeah, look look that up. Fact check me real quick on this fictitious comic book realm. I was about to say. It's like, yeah, I mean, there's the White Lanterns. They're not used a whole lot. They first appeared in Blackest Night, number seven, April 20, 2010. I've got that whole Blackest Night run, too. I need to read through that thing. Uh, but no, what I was going to say is we also do top sevens, but Todd, there's one important rule around the skip the tutorial realm, the nether realm of STT. What's that most important rule? If you made it this far, I appreciate you. You've already been a bit indoctrinated into the Buddhist religion, and it's about talking about whatever the fuck we like. That's the whole point of the, the lead-off discussion with the Patreon, just in expanding said talking about whatever the fuck we like with the tribe uh even more so um and then appreciating the help with uh growing this thing <laughs> that's right and everything having appreciation for everything coming together in a universal way like zay booty chicks but yeah this week sir uh i think i'll just go ahead and lead off um we're gonna do a, a regular little show not gonna take up too much of you guys time but I, i'm glad to be here with you and i hope you're feeling fine uh we're gonna talk a little bit about what we've been playing i don't think either one of us has really been off into like a weird gaming binge right now with anything there's nothing like super crazy out um, I've been binging, but it's are we mostly do, old are we stuff. Do any news? Are we going to do any news? Yeah, or are we going to hop right into just how we feeling about what's going on? I mean, every, it's not clickbaity. We, it's just funny that the stock market shit uh, with GameStop is coming up specifically, and I know me and you both found it hilarious uh, what was going on based on conversations we've been having leading up to it. So, yeah, we'll have our normal roundtable conversation and just 
work out a, a, a short conversation on what's going on with the GameStop uh, stock. Yeah, we, we, we got some news this week. Not a whole crazy bunch of news, but there has been some news this week that would be good to go over. Little, 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 little goodness. Do you want to get us kicked off, though, with what you've been playing or do you want me to start? How do you want to do Yeah, it? man, listen, 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 man. I'm going to keep it real short and simple this week again because I told you last week I was on a wild, you know, comparison crack binge with 2K21, not even next gen, current gen, um, with my slashing playmaking for floor general. That's spicy now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Uh, I, I, I did fuck with um, the updated version of Cyberpunk. Um I still feel the same way about that. You know what I mean? Uh, I almost wanted to, like, I almost had a moment where I wish I had a PS5 this week, though, I will say, because I've been playing 2K, but I've been hearing that NBA Live on PS5 is actually in some way smoother than the next-gen 2K21, which I I find hard to believe. Uh, But special shout-out again to Curtis, you know what I mean? you got live 19. I know you gave a good uh, description on how you felt about what was going on with 21 on the next gen um, systems and the initial concerns with the controllers and shit like that. But uh, yeah, I've been a hypocrite and a sellout and been playing 2K21 and having a good time doing that silly rotation pretty much. A little bit of PC shit. Like, I'm going to get on Cyber Shadow. I just want to play that. I heard that's a quick little seven to eight hour run on on Xbox Game Pass. I've been burning up Xbox Game Pass like a motherfucker with that. Um, Guess what I'm talking about this week? All right, Cyber Shadow is real. You know what I'm saying? Hey, all right, step brother. Then you go ahead and then do your thing. What's going on with 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 Cyber Shadow? (laughs) First of all, I do want to shout out Elon Musk with Cyberpunk. Apparently, the new model of Tesla can play Cyberpunk on the console. And the porch. I thought I read The Witcher three too. That yeah, morning. he said it could play Cyberpunk and The Witcher. That cracks me up. He just sent out the model of it, and then his next tweet is, "It can play Cyberpunk." Um, by the way, is Cyberpunk more relevant today than ever before. Now with the attack on the corporations and the hedge funds, we'll talk about that in the the roundtable. But yes, yes, sir. First of all, before I get to Cyber Shadow. I want to give a little shout out to the greatest survival horror game that nobody ever talks about. I played it and beat it this week. That is The Thing from 2002 on the OG Xbox. I got my blood running. That got my excitement up. I had to beat that thing after I took a shower. Um, Like, it was just such a... This is a fantastic game. Like, seriously, guys, if you get an opportunity to pick up this old school game, and if you have a PC, here's the good news. If you have a PC, there are websites out there that have specifically been categorizing stuff that is out of print where you can go download it for free. And I found that the thing for PC in 2002 is on there. You may have to run a compatibility mode on it, um, but it's totally worth playing. This game, Todd, I just want to say I felt was way ahead of its time. Between the puzzle solving, uh, the actual way that you interact with the environment and you interact with the troops around you and just the idea that you can't trust anybody around you because they may be the alien. And you've got this blood test kit that you carry with you and you can test their blood to see if they are the alien. Um, the, the actual finale revealing the that McCready, spoiler alert for a 19-year-old game, that McCready from the original movie is actually alive and may be infected by the virus and maybe the helicopter pilot at the end. 
um, the the whole finale, the boss fight that you have to do at the end, where you're flying in a circle around the, you're helicoptering around the boss, and you're you're firing at this giant tentacle monster that's popped up out of this Antarctica base. It's just a beautiful game. It's a beautifully fun, engaging survival horror experience that needs to be revisited or remade. I think this is a game that needs to be remade. So I just want to give a shout out to a 19-year-old game because this is the year where we really play whatever the hell we want to play. Um, did you say you beat that thing when you get out? got out the shower? I did. I stuck there. And I did. Blood, and then the did. blood testing and shit like that for a mm. moment, bro. Like, we've been doing this for a minute. So I know how childish you are. And it's just, I think you might have some enjoyment from the game because you're childish and you can just be like, yeah, I beat that thing. I beat that thing. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I mean, I can't say shit. It's just been, it's been, you know, maybe it's pandemic weirdness, man. It is. Maybe, maybe that's starting to be bro, where it's <laughs> people are but it's, having Zoom meetings and it, it people, is, it's weird to like revisit the past, right? Like, and to go back and, like, there's something about some of these, not some of these, but, like, these old school games. There's something about just the overall depth that they were able to create with such limited resources, if you will. I mean, you you can't imagine, compared to today's games, that a 19-year-old game has aged well. But there's something about when you engage with limited environment, limited art style... And they really got creative with the technology they had, whether it be using Silent Hill, whether they used the fog in Silent Hill to cover up some of the engine's incapability of, you know, producing the environment all the way. Or in the thing where they use the snow and shadows. It's why I feel like the survival horror of the past really works so well. And I do feel like a lot of it today works really well, but... There hasn't been anything innovative in survival horror, in my opinion, kind of like the thing was trying to push along for. And they wanted to, there was a sequel that was planned. I was reading about it afterwards. There was a sequel that was planned, but the the studio went bankrupt. Uh, The production studio, even though the game was wildly successful, the studio still went bankrupt. So my opinion is, is like, I feel like if, looking to the past and remaking like they did with resident evil two, and you can press innovation by continuing some of those trends that were started so long ago. I think it'd be really interesting to see. Um, we get kind of caught in these cycles and it's just funny to look back on a 19 year old game and realize it was like, well, this was a little bit more innovative than some of the stuff that's around now. And I just kind of found that interesting. Uh, but yes, let's move on to cyber shadow, cyber shadow, which I promptly started yesterday and have already I'm 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 a little over halfway through the game right now. Um Cyber Shadow's incredible. It's an incredible throwback. You see, hold on, wait before you get into it too, because yes. this is the thing. The title alone kind of got me because I like cybers and I like shadows. Yes. So yes. like do am I getting cybers and shadows? You're getting both. Or is it shortcoming me with the cybers and shadows like like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven shorted me where I couldn't make uh, Miss Ross ass on my character like I wanted. Another shout out to Curtis um, because I wanted to be able to do that. I wanted to be able to customize the gluteus of the Maximus as far as the, the you know, that the, was concerned. The gluteus um, and, they didn't and give the Maximus. No, nah, man, but I appreciate what Curtis did with posting that, that example for people to kind of, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. put a picture of what the fuck I was saying. Uh, you know, I wanted that. And I feel like Cyberpunk should be fucking dragged down. Uh, speak cyber. See again, cyber. 
like Cyber Shadow. You got Cybers and Shadows. I feel like Cyberpunk. You know, they're not giving. They just giving me punk. So, so yeah, that was. Can you give? Does do I? Are we getting the Cybers and the Shadows? You're getting both. You're you're getting you're getting your fill of Cybers and you're getting your fill of Shadows in this one. (laughs) But Cyber Shadow. I mean, this is this is kind of continuing a trend and a tradition um, lately of indie studios making these throwback, um, these throwback games. Um, developer was actually, I believe, it was one dude, if I remember correctly, Arne Mechaskull Hunziker is his name, and it was published by Yacht Club, Yacht Club Games, who also published Shovel Knight. Uh, Shovel Knight's kind of another kind of classic throwback as well. But this is a throwback to the 8-bit NES era of Ninja Gaiden and uh, Shinobi and Mega Man. What shocked me most about this one, Todd, is there is more Mega Man and Castlevania influence than I thought there would be. Uh, There's direct soundtrack moments and cues that very much harken back to like Mega Man 2, which is... Still my favorite Mega Man soundtrack. There's moments and art styles and, you know, not like boss level selections, but just enemy design that feel very much like they came directly from Mega Man. And I'm 100% okay with that because you know how I feel about Mega Man. Like, Mega Man is my background on my computer. It's constantly rotating different screens from Mega Man. Um, I believe that would be your first tattoo if you ever choose yeah. to stop pussyfooting around it and get it done. Mega Man would so be. you already know what time. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think, and I think it would be a good choice, especially pixelated. I can dig that. Yeah, like I mean, I ran on that run last year where I beat all eleven core Mega Man games. I'm just a huge fan of that series. Cyber Shadow, though, is what we're talking about, though, and you can definitely feel the Ninja Gaiden and Shinobi stuff, um, the influence here. Um, it's huge, and it's got this great aesthetic, beautiful art, a banger soundtrack. The combat's incredible. The only, the only, <laughs> the only drawback I have for this, especially for the combat, is you can't crouch. That's the only part that kind of drives me a little crazy is the inability to crouch. It's a little bit weird, but it also kind of makes you. I don't think it restricts you. I just think it makes you become a little bit more creative with how you engage in combat scenarios and how you're approaching them. The other strike I have, and I haven't, like I said, I'm over halfway through the game. I'm on level stage six right now. There's 10 stages listed. Um, it's it's a good, like you said, six to seven hour game. Um, but what I'm finding is that the boss fights themselves are a little easier than I would like them to be. They're not as challenging as, like, say, a Mega Man is, um, or even a, even the old school Ninja Gaiden stuff. Uh, that being said, the boss fights are incredibly f- cool and well designed. And for one guy to design this entire game and put it out and just have it with just like an incredible story. And it's the first time I've seen these throwback indies that felt like an actual, like, if this was released for the Nintendo Entertainment System, I could totally see this working. With the way it's designed, okay. with the with the purple and the cityscape and the cutscenes, like those old school Nintendo cutscenes, it feels very much true to that tradition, and I'm absolutely okay, in love with it. 
challenge level because it does remind me. I, I gotta give another shout out to Ori. I love that little yeah. game. I, and I know I'm playing the first one. I didn't even realize it because you brought that up. Uh, I want to play the second one now. Uh, I love that little game as far as kind of nostalgic, but that that felt a little bit more, you know, recent. You know what I mean? Um, with this game, how's the challenge level? How do you feel like by the time you get to the end of it? Is it like you already stated kind of that Mega Man level of challenge kind of? Not as difficult as Mega Man. Um, not even as difficult as Ninja Gaiden. There's there's moments, don't get me wrong. And like I said, I think the level, the difficulty does start to ramp up. I mean, there are, there are, there was a moment this morning that while we were kind of sitting around getting ready, I was playing the game and I got stuck in this little loop where I constantly was trying to figure out how I was going to get through this part. Um, I did come across a boss fight last night that took me probably seven or eight times to get the rhythms down. But it's that classic rhythm and repeat kind of style of game, which if you find yourself dying, the most recent checkpoint you're going to come to is going to be right before a boss fight or right before a challenging moment. And you're going to be able to repeat that extremely quick, uh, relatively fast. And you're going to be able to kind of re-engage with that pattern and figure the pattern out. Is it as challenging as like a Mega Man? No. <laughs> there's there's not a whole lot of like old school throwbacks that are challenging like Mega Man was challenging. Um you know, they were built into it though. That was the difference is, you know, this game is probably 6 to 8 hours in length if you're playing straight through with the relatively, you know, you're going to think that you're going to repeat a couple things and then when you get better at it, you could probably beat it in a couple hours. Um I would akin this to more like a Mega Man 2 style of challenging or like I don't know, a Ninja Gaiden 3 um, challenge like in that area where they're not as challenging, but it's kind of cool with all the stuff that they brought into it. Um, you do get power-ups in the game. Um, you get different abilities. Uh, my favorite moments are where you go into what's called the ether, which is apparently where cyber ninjas go to die um, or they go after they die. And you have to do these different challenges to get different power-ups and different abilities. Um, like, there's one moment where you have to... This monkey god comes down, and you have to race him to the top of this shrine. And I just thought that was really, really neat. Uh, really beautiful. My favorite part, though, Todd? The soundtrack. That soundtrack is amazing. I'm absolutely addicted to it. But I'm in love with this game. I'm, I love like this Streets game. Like, Streets of Rage 4 level kind of soundtrack? Because you can get that too for free right now. Uh, my favorite side scrolling experience in the past five years. I would actually like. Easy, the, I think longer. I. I think I like the soundtrack a little better. This one definitely feels more like a Mega Man, and you know how much I love the Mega Man soundtracks. Like so, this one for me is by far more akin to that eight bit. Like I said, I've seen a lot of eight bits come through eight bit retro games. And you can always feel that they're a retro style game, if you will. This is the first one I've played, I think, where I'm sitting here playing it and going, if this was released on the Nintendo Entertainment System, I wouldn't know any different. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't know this was developed in 2020 and 2021. This just feels like it was, this almost feels like it was developed in 1986. And that's what I find impressive. It's just you have tighter controls. You know, because dopeness, dopeness. I love it, man. I'm absolutely in love. And see, with it. you bring up a point. Total sidebar, real quick. 
Uh, you brought up something like a couple of years ago about the doomsday clock mm-hmm. uh, being 100 seconds to midnight or some shit, and it's still there or whatever. And I, it made me think back to uh, a little article that I, I read. I actually read the full article and not just the title on this one. And I didn't realize that the last time, the furthest away the doomsday clock has been from midnight was in 1991. It was 17 minutes away. Yep. I don't know. I know that's a random thing. So, uh, it, but it's as far as the nostalgia portion at this portion, at this time in our uh, existence on this planet that's been around for so very long, I just found that kind of funny. Like '91, that was it. Five years away from '86, but there was a nice little '90s room, man. And it's nice to know uh, that they're still paying homage to games from kind of that era uh, and those fun things. Um, well, being the old geezer that I am, and it ties back to the thing because it's it's this idea that. You can create a whole lot with limited resources. Less is more. And maybe it ties back to an overall conversation that we can have in the future where they talk about, you know, we have these big AAA open world games where they have crammed everything in there. But sometimes less is more and it's more successful and more appealing and more poignant with what it gets across the when you take resources away. Um, and I think these everything are in their life food or porn. Yeah, but right. I I think these are two examples of the thing and Cyber Shadow where by having these limited resources and limited engagement and you're kind of on these linear paths, you're actually getting more story out of it than you would and say like and I love Immortals and I'm going to go back to that one after I beat Cyber Shadow, but like Immortals is this huge open world where you can explore everywhere and you know, sometimes it's nice to be on that that narrative path. I think it's a good mix. I think you gotta you gotta have both, but I think that there's a good you know concept there between uh, less is more and then also uh, overdoing it. So another random interjection with the narrative path. I keep looking over my old lady's shoulder, watching the uh, that free Tomb Raider that's out right now, and I have more and more appreciation of that game. That's um, a good game. The first one, right? Right, right, and I and I was talking that shit, but I'm kind of getting the itch to fuck with Hitman Three. I miss Watch Dogs Legion. I'm I'm gonna pick I up talk, Hitman Three. I talk that shit, you know what I'm saying? But I I I have fucked with the Hitman games, bro. So I don't know, man. I'm gonna have to figure that shit out. Treat myself, not cheat myself. But uh, but yeah, man. So Cyber Shadow got to get it. Free game, free game, like automatic. Must must get it right now. Like a good Saturday, as like, soon as possible. Just good go ahead and download it. It's a good Saturday. It's like I'm not having to think a whole lot about the story, even though the story is really good and and interesting. Um, it actually surprisingly hey, is. This one good for the kids. Yeah, I would say young so. Young men, young boys. I would say young so. Girls, hundred percent. Boys, both. Okay, both. Okay, everybody can be a ninja. That's the that's the rule. Everybody can be a ninja. Um, they but no man, it's it's just kind of this really nice. I don't know. It's like a nice comfort blanket. But you know how much I love eight bit, like eight bit, sixteen bit, thirty two. You know how much I dig on that stuff and play through that stuff. I mean, for crying out loud, man! I just bought some. Well, they're not eight bit, but I got three Dreamcast games and the Hitman collection for PS two on the way from eBay. Um. You know, I just kind of love that old school feel, that old school throwback. Now I wish they could conquer the PlayStation 1. You remember the PlayStation 1 feel? Like, I wish they could conquer the PlayStation 1 throwbacks, but 8-bit and 16-bit's just way easier. I think it's just way easier. Now, this does have them. This does have even more throwback than I think people would think of. 
which is the hitboxes and kind of that old school extension of the game. Good housekeeping. Yes. If you were a chick, who's the one guy you would sleep with? John Samos. Yes. What? Did we just become best, best friends? friends? Yep. Yep. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? <laughs> yep. <laughs> well. All right, my bad. I had, to, I had I had to cut you off when you started talking about everybody could be a ninja. I felt a revolutionary surge, so the synergy was there, my brother. I appreciate it, my bad. That's the last cut off. <laughs> no worries, man. No worries. Thanks for making it this far. Shout out, Shanice. Uh, apologize <laughs> at the same time if you're still listening. Thank you. Well, my question, though, to the tribe is if you've played Cyber Shadow, what are your thoughts? Look, and I specifically want to know Boss Man. Because he 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 messes with the indie games and the old school games, and I know I love this game. He turned me on to the Messenger last year, which I didn't talk about a lot, but I absolutely love. So I want to hear your thoughts on Cyber Shadow, boss man. Let us know. I gotta know because I'm dying to 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 get into this with a a fellow indie game lover. Um, but yeah, that's all I got, man. Uh, I guess we let's. You want to move on to the news? News theme. News theme. Channel 4 News with five-time Emmy Award-winning anchor, Ron Burgundy. Cham Kine Sports. Rick Tamlin Weather. And your reporter in the field, Brian Fantana. It's Channel 4 News at 6 o'clock. All right, that was the news theme. I'm sorry, this is this is terrible news to be leading into it and be laughing. I'm so sad, so so sorry. So actress, voice actress Jeanette uh Jeanette Mouse, Jeanette Mouse, who voiced several characters in the upcoming Resident Evil Village game, um, including some of the characters that people on the internet are uh collectively losing their mind for, has passed away. Um she has passed away. She was extremely young, so you know, she, you know. I mean, that's just prayers to her family and uh, her uh, loved ones, and you know, our hearts and thoughts go out. But I mean, that is sad, man. She was young. I mean, she was real young, dude. That are we sucks. gonna have to start talking? Are we gonna have to start vetting the news before we start? Who in the fuck is this, and why are you laughing at this dead person? I'm not that's, laughing. You know, I that, I, that I don't even know who the fuck it is. Jeanette we just had an ancestry conversation in the Patreon, bro. Who is it? Okay, so she it, she's a voice it? actress, and she's she's specifically for the Resident Evil shit, right? How yeah. old is she? How she died? Um, I don't know how she died. The only announcement I can find on it is actually Capcom's Twitter. Um, Capcom's Twitter put it out there. Um, but she looks like she's thirty, maybe, maybe. No, I'm just fucking. That is that's that's sad that I didn't know that. Um, and I appreciate you for. Bringing that the news Let me up see here. is important. No, she was she was thirty nine years old. Oh, okay, uh, so she was old. Yeah, but old. she wasn't just a voice actress. She was, yeah, she was a she was an actress in a lot of different things, um, including one of my favorite early two thousands movies, Your Sister Sister, which was really a funny movie. Um, 
But yeah, definitely. I mean, that's sad though. I mean, she just your sister's looks... sister. Yeah, your sister's sister. It's about Is a that guy. Filmed in Arkansas? No, Shout it's... Out big it's about a guy who's in love with his best friend, and he goes to a cabin with his best friend, but her her sister shows up, who's a lesbian, and he sleeps with the lesbian. Um, because they both get drunk and then her, his best friend gets jealous and it turns out that they both love each other. It was a, it was, it was actually a really funny movie. All right. Lesbians are cool. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> RP. um, Jeanette mouse. Serious shit. I yeah. don't know why you were giggling on the way into that. Though. See, that's it's horrible. It's, no, serious. That's the thing. I bro. deal with death like, terribly. That's... I deal with death terribly. Speaking of the news, be a bunch of, bunch of people giggling at your funeral. <laughs> I hope so. The um, next piece of news: Horizon Zero Dawn's lead principal designer and concept artist Mike Nash has passed away. I um, knew somebody else was about to be dead. Damn! Can we like? Is that all? Like, is it? Oh fuck! I think that's all the dead people this week. Why did I say it like that? <laughs> what is wrong with? I don't deal with this stuff well. It brings up a lot of existential pain. <laughs> Can't help it. Because watch What About Bob this weekend. <laughs> I didn't need to. Yeah, so Mike Nash, one of the lead designers on uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, has passed away. So definitely sorry to hear that. That's that's awful. That's a great game. Excellent artwork. You're... I think we've become a little bit more jaded this year than we both think would so. like to admit we're dealing with death just because it's been bombarded with us over uh, an extended period of time in a weird way and it's been normalized. That's Humble yeah. opinion. Maybe that's something we could talk about uh, in depth on another day. Yes. Um, so we do have also announcements for PlayStation Plus for February. Uh, Destructions, Destruction All-Stars, Control Ultimate Edition, and Concrete Genie. Um, so those are going to be your, your PlayStation plus for February of 2021, 2021. That's, that's just the truth. Next piece of news. The last of us part two has now won more game of the year awards than any other game in history. I don't care. I don't care. Awards are stupid. (laughs) Stupid awards. Stupid awards. I don't care. Um, all right, next piece. Unless of- it's the belt for the WWF. Ah, uh, yes, the WWE Universal Championship belt. Go to your boy John Cena. Oh yeah, man! Shout out uh, Portier for fucking up Conor McGregor. I don't watch these barbaric, barbaric activities myself in person. I haven't recently watched them for quite some time. I, I was <laughs> too busy drinking grape juice that was fermented. But uh, shout out to that boy from you know. You mean wine? Speaking of Irish, Hmm? you mean wine? Um, Yeah, the blood of Jesus, baby. (laughs) Okay, it's just funny grape juice that's been fermented. I mean wine. (laughs) Next piece of news. Yes, Yes. shout out to that guy. Shout out Lil Wayne for getting pardoned. (laughs) Shout out Lil Wayne. Shout out Kodak Black. You got pardoned too. Because. Yeah, but I don't think he gonna get uh, free. I believe he still got a state uh, charge from what uh, I was reading on a report for some kind of fucking sexual assault case. So I don't know if he's free free. Um, but yeah, Lil Wayne with his poor dreadlocks. I wish he would just get a fade. Yeah, let's go back to the old anyway, school. Anyway, 
Yeah. Next piece of news: Xbox Games Pass is has passed 18 million subscribers, or has 18 million subscribers. I mean, it's a good service. It's a fantastic service. I use it all the time. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, Sony launched a PS5 launch collection merchandise bundle. Includes water bottle, hat, and more, but not a PS5. Actually, I don't know that. That might be a lie. Um, and phone case. And phone case, apparently, if you really want to be a show your love for the PlayStation 5. PlayStation 5. Um, let me see what else we got. Uh, Metal Gear Solid cast has reunited for an unknown project. Excited about that. Always good. Solid Snake himself, David Hayter, promises details are coming soon. I want to know more about that. I got to hear it. Hater. The hater. <laughs> the hater. Ghost of Tsushima update 1.19 is out. That Todd's game of the year last year. It's a minor. Oh, shit, I'm tripping. It's a minor hot fix as seen in the patch notes. So. I want to go back and play more of that. I really Man, do. I'm glad you said that shit, fool. For real, I completely... I'm tripping. Like, I didn't need... <laughs> I love the news section on our own shit. Thank you, sir. <laughs> You're yeah, welcome. That, that's a game. I forgot. I was like, man, this would, be, this would be a good day to get back on some ghosts for a little while. Get my shit day for it. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm out here looking like motherfucking... Uh, who's that redhead uh, comedian that uses toys and such that did steroids and looks like a weird freak now? Carrots up. Yeah, man. I'm looking like a ghetto version of that. I'm, I might play some more Ghost of Shima uh, while I'm doing my hair retwisted. Yeah. I don't want it. I don't want you to ever be so mean to yourself to compare yourself to Carrot Top. Nobody deserves I that. Mean, look, man. I don't look like I'm fucking injecting liquid muscles into my arms or, or no shit like some weird Iranian fucking weightlifter. But ever, I mean, you know. Did you ever see his movie that he came out with in the 90s called Chairman of the Board? Yes, I did. Me too. Uh, absolutely. Yep. Me too. I'm going to rewatch yep. that soon. I swear. I'm going to. Last piece yeah. of news. Last piece of news. Biomutant, a game that has been long in development and been announced forever. I think it was announced like four years ago. Finally gets a release date, Todd. Finally. May 25th, 2021. Biomutant's finally coming out. It's coming out. You can play as animals, and you attack things, other animals, with weapons, and it's got RPG elements. Um, I mean, it looks good. Everything I see from Biomutant looks good. Everything I've seen for the last five freaking years looks good. Um, so I'm interesting. I'm, I'm, I, yeah. Somebody said in the comments on that article. I was pointing out this yesterday that it's been on my Amazon wish list since 2017. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's been in development for a long time. I'm excited. Doesn't for this 2017 one. feel so long ago? <laughs> like, it does. Oh my word, 2017 was. Yeah, bro. I yeah, mean, 2017 was the was the good old days. Of, I don't know. Did we start our we started show three years ago? So we started 2018. It was Christmas of 2018? Wake right? up, man! I'm trying. Wake up, man! I'm trying. Do a line of blow, man. Come on, bro. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get too, I don't. I think. I don't do. I, my heart can't take that. My my heart can't take it. Exceeds as you close your robe and adjust your bonnet. <laughs> my heart can't take it. It's it's. No, I gotta I'm go kidding. watch I my Virgin River. Shout out to the patron. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> sci-fi dragon dragon sacrifice film. Have you ever but, uh, seen the the subreddit dragons having sex with cars? It's a real no, subreddit. No, we're not going. That's not. Let's let's check this out. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's true. We're All right, let's move on to the Transformers. Yeah, yeah. Let's be. Oh, actually, too, though, I did one of this. A couple. <laughs> it was a couple of memes. Um, because you were talking about animals or whatever. Again, shout out Dewey, Dewey for getting uh, addicted to Animal Crossing. It almost almost makes me want to finally break down and get it as much as you talk about this shit. Uh, I still ain't there yet though, man. But have you seen Dewey with the Animal Crossing? Yeah, um, addiction at this point. Y- yeah, I ha- I'm sorry, I got distracted because my Twitter popped up for what was trending, and apparently trending on the United States is the word jizz. On Twitter right now. That's interesting. But it's a soccer player's name. Addiction. It's a soccer That's player's name. His name is Jizz Horncamp. That's his. That's his real name. Apparently, he had four goals today, in some game. But yes, I've seen dude. And apparently, 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 you need to beat that thing next time you get out the shower. I get it, bro. I'm no judgment. Um, uh, but yeah, it was one mean before we get into it. <laughs> shout out Adam. Uh, in, the, in the Facebook tribe, where it was, uh, he was talking about um, it has like Peter Griffin as GameStop. It says, "Don't worry, little fish. I'm going to take care of you because I know yes. one day you'll do the same thing for me." And it was just like Peter Griffin's holding a bag of little fish or whatever. And then it goes to other clip with Zoomers as a grown fish and Millennials as a grown fish with Peter laid down as being his GameStop on emergency room <laughs> bed. It says, "I don't care what it costs, just make this man well again." And I think that's, that's kind of something we want to get into as far as this whole uh, GameStop stock thing that made South Korean companies rich. Yes, let's get into it. Let's let's talk a little bit about this real quick. Just as far as Jizz trending on Twitter, somebody tweeted out Jizz Horn Camp is what I call my bedroom when I'm home alone on a Saturday. That's hilarious, sir. Congratulations. Uh, but yes, let's talk about GME. Let's talk about Reddit versus uh, hedge funds. Let's talk about let's talk about Nokia. Let's talk about Verizon. Let's talk about how I'm super excited for this entire scenario, and I've been giggling like a schoolgirl or like a brony on My Little Pony Day every day for the last week. Todd, what are your thoughts about this though? And do you want to look? I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna ask you to do this because you have the words that I don't to break down exactly for the people what's going on with what a short squeeze is and what the the hedge funds were doing and what reddit stepped up and did right right uh i appreciate you showing me that love and respect on this show but um with the i'm not i I actually (laughs) the short squeeze explanation just google it uh yeah it's real yeah you know what i'm saying no no it's not that i mean it I think that's been reported enough as, as far as like the actual technical analysis of what Wall Street bets did. And I don't feel like I would be showing them enough respect and showing the topic enough respect being that I wasn't even a part of the forum and didn't follow it like that. You know, my investment strategy is a little bit different. We, we talk about stocks jokingly and we've been talking about that shit leading into uh, this year all the way back to the trade war starting with Trump. You know what I'm saying? It was, yeah. That was it was more of a background conversation between me and you and just some concerns about what was going to happen with the financial markets and how it was in direct relation and ties to the tech industry, cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and a lot of things that are happening right now. And more so about the inequality between 
the rich one percent and the poor and them actually strategizing simply by saying oh, okay these companies are being short squeezed we can now uh be in that you know the stock market is more democratized by what robin hood opened up go ahead and strategically attack these companies um and flex our muscles in, in a major revolutionary way like i'm more looking at it at a macro scale right now because i feel like it's a lot of reactionary things that's going on that's rippling across the markets in general. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to have a more detailed analysis of what's going on. Like, I think it's a lot of good information right now and discussion, even in just understanding what a short squeeze is uh, and what, yeah. what goes on and how markets move. But I specifically find it interesting in the gaming industry uh, where we have a podcast about gaming that's been built on just honestly not to like toot the horn but like underlining the idea of the like a revolutionary idea based on a change in society and how it connects with even the entertainment that we appreciate and the stock that did it that's gonna be remembered a hundred years from now in a story is a GameStop stock yep. so being that I used to work for GameStop and I understand like the shitty nature of it all um, like I said we can get into some technical analysis also what happened with AMC me and you had like many conversations about how swing trade AMC and Cinemark stocks, you know what I'm saying? But I'm not like a financial guru person. I'm just enjoying opening up the commentary and maybe using that and um, maybe riding the wave like Reddit did. But uh, I, I, as far as GameStop in particular as a company, because as like the way I look at a lot of investing is you buying and owning a business and just the fundamental nature of that business being a dead business model uh, this is true, but also kind of the stock market getting exposed and what hedge funds do to kind of force and maybe tap out innovation and feed into the monopoly aspect of it, humble opinion, uh, because uh, the nature of the consumer who makes GameStop profitable now, like where does that actually come from from them wanting to focus on that stock? You know what I mean? Like, like when I think about the people that have the money to actually invest in this way the real t- retail investors like i remember working in gamestop and moms dropping off kids and using gamestop as like a babysitting yep. service because it was always by target or walmart great business model that's still actually a decent business model even post pandemic you know what i mean being located near these locations where you do actually go when you have to go outside and just actually being kind of a kid myself relatively speaking when it first came out and just enjoying the games and just being there myself being on the flip side of that i i even think about the nature of the business being that it was i mean GameStop had pawn shop license so you know what i'm saying so it was a lot of thievery going on and bullshit like motherfuckers would steal from target at walmart and try to trade shit in at GameStop. so even though you got a quarter for 127 games people was like flexing on it and uh, I know you know everything is going digital, but I almost question like is is some of our reality socially engineered as far as how we take in things and say what we are supposed to enjoy uh, based on um, manipulation of money, or is it just totally the fact that just this this the way things go and this is the way things evolve, and uh, you know eventually motherfuckers niggas stopped riding horses and started driving cars, but from me looking around I, I still see horses still exist so maybe there is still a space for GameStop maybe GameStop will be uh, responsible for this uh, with this and, and use it to innovate and, and expand on a business um, I know I'm kind of probably rambling at this point but that's more of an angle where my mind is right now as opposed to focusing on the sense of 
the the sense of uh, I don't know. It's, it's it's a lot of sensation surrounding uh, what recently happened, but I'm, I need to give this a little bit more time to see yeah. what a what's going to be the effect of it. You know what I mean? I was going to let you actually break down a little bit more in the specifics of what Reddit was going on because I know you were in the forum. And kind of, I wanted to get your ideas of what you thought, yeah, uh, from your perspective. You know what I mean? Because it's not like you don't know anything about what the fuck is going on. Um, I appreciate you I appreciate being that. like, hey, I, I know you can break it down, and we'll get into that. But I'm I'm curious this week of what your thoughts are, honestly. Yeah. So the Reddit forums, I've been watching this develop over time. I'm a if you've been listening to this show long term, you know I use Reddit a lot. I use Reddit for almost everything, but I am part of the Reddit Wall Street Bets forum. I, I take advice from there sometimes. I look at it, but it's crazy when you think about Wall Street bets. I've seen guys literally make millions and lose millions on that forum uh, when they talk about their stock picks and what they've been doing. And that's where I kind of break it down and watch. Um, and that's where I get a lot of my stock picks from, especially when I'm looking at kind of the value stocks that I like to short. I mean, essentially uh, turn over shortly for a quick profit, make a quick hundred bucks off it or whatever. Um, but the whole thing about the GameStop aspect is, so there's a Reddit user, I'm trying to find his name. Anyway, he posted this article way back in November. He talked about how these hedge funds, uh, were making, uh, short bets on these, on a certain few companies. And in fact, they were doing a lot of it where essentially what they're doing is they're borrowing they're borrowing stock at a certain price, and if the stock falls, once they sell it back and pay back, I, I'm not explaining it well, but they make money anyway. They make billions that, of dollars. That, that's basically it. You yeah, they borrow, borrow stock, stock and at a higher price than you. I mean, at a lower price than you sell it at. And exactly. You, but the the all, but you can basically only get a hundred percent income back or a return yeah. back. Um, it's actually a really risky way to fucking invest and less you are able to manipulate the markets, which hedge funds have been able to do for fucking decades, which is where the rub lies, where the joke That's is. Absolutely because right. basically you're stating that it, basically what Reddit did is form a fucking hedge fund. They did. And, so and stole billions of dollars from people that were manipulating the market, helping to drive certain businesses in the ground. Well, and that's that's the reality here is that you know, these hedge funds were short selling GameStop. This was back in November. So this Reddit user got a bunch of people together to basically surge the price of GameStop stock by buying a whole bunch of it all at once um, over time. And so we went from what was it trading at? It was like an uh, what you said, a 52 week low of like thirteen dollars. Was that it was a fifty-two week of like a dollar nineteen? Was it dollar nineteen? Dollar ninety-two or something? Good oh, wait, Lord. wait, wait! I'll check it. We can fake check it. We can um, fake check it right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, you're wait, right. Wait, it was three dollars and ninety-three cents last January. That's what it was. Three dollars yeah, and ninety-three cents. It closed on Friday at three hundred and twenty-five a share. It's still going on, by the way. This is not over. No matter what the news says, this war is still occurring. But anyway, he noticed that they were all short selling GameStop, so he got a bunch of people together, and they did exactly what the hedge funds were doing. They're manipulating the market at a mass scale, but they're all independent day traders. They're not part of a corporation. Retail traders. Be retail traders. Retail. Yes. Okay. Let's, yeah, let's use the correct term. Yeah. Don't specify day trading with that situation. Yes. Cause that, yeah. that, that's too, that's yeah. a whole calculated. That's not, that's, not, that's not a day trade. Right no, there. that's You're retail right. traders. Yes. Sorry. 
But yeah, yeah with a bunch of internet retail traders who are not a corporation. They got together, they decided to do this, and they drove a $15 billion hedge fund out of business. Like, I mean, that that's a crazy concept when you think about it. But what it makes it so historic is until now, the stock market, the hedge fund managers, the, the actual corporations, the investment companies, they were the ones who were doing the exact same thing and controlling it. These are the same guys who made billions off of the housing bubble crush crash in 2008 um, when they were actually going through and they were short selling loan companies because um, they saw the bubble coming. They saw the crash company coming. These are the same people that have been doing this for years, the same people who don't put their money in banks, the same people who don't carry their money at Wells Fargo. They keep it overseas. But now they're the ones who are sitting there on MSNBC and crying about it because a bunch of retail traders got together, figured out the game, and they beat them at their own game. They beat them at their own game playing by their own rules, but suddenly they're crying foul. It's like when you're playing basketball, some guy bodies you, and you just move on with it, and you body him back, and he cries foul on you. You're playing the same exact game with the same rules here. So these guys, I don't know, man. I think some James Bond villain shit gonna might go on in the background with this move too. I don't, I don't think yeah. people with billions of bit. That that's my one concern a little bit. I think it's ingenious and it's hard to stop. Yeah, but uh, in some ways, like the after effect with what's going on with Robin Hood with the class action yep. suit and the argument between like that. Would you get into that a little bit? Because you brought up a good point as far as like the conspiracy theory is with Citadel and um. Hedge fund yeah, it's, investment it's, company and part of the reason why Robin Hood wouldn't allow you to buy GameStop when they started, you know, squeezing out these hedge funds. What 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 did you gather from that? Yeah, so Robin Hood is actually one of their big investment owners is Citadel at forty percent. Um that's the last time I read was they have forty percent of Robin Hood. And my understanding of it is they're the ones who basically what it is is they put a stop to buying the GameStop stock so that it could, uh, you could basically cut the loss of these big hedge funds that are investing in Robinhood. The other thing that came out is NASDAQ has said it's going to halt trading on a stock if it finds a link to unusual activity on social media. What the hell's the difference, though, between people getting together on social media to talk about stock investment versus these? Um, hedge funds getting together to do the exact same thing, except they're running it from a corporate standard. What's the difference? The difference is what rich people have been doing to poor people since the Thank you. humans started trading salt. Exactly. It's the same. That's the difference. But but the crazy part is when you, you democratize or attempt to democratize finances, like where is this going as far as what type of regulation are they going to start doing? Is the SEC going to start coming down on platforms like reddit or like our some of our freedoms are already being stripped people can't say COVID 19 on uh youtube anymore without getting stripped off and it's becoming mm. normalized we're losing our number one ranking in the world we print all this money yep the markets are chaotic and volatile the the crazy part about investing is what what do these companies do when when the stock market has been running a certain type of way for 120 years good bad or ugly and now we have like a revolutionary historical moment where it's just like, OK, people collectively with the small amounts of money, some people 
you know, going on margin, which I don't really do. Like, I'm not really well versed enough. I'm not even I'm not that hard up. I'm not that much at risk right now. I'm not trying to do cocaine in motherfucking Vegas right now. I'm, I'm chilling. You know what I'm saying? But um, the the millionaires that do do that shit can collectivize and have enough power in targeted ways strategically and really bank like make them enrich themselves and bankrupt the rich elite. That's kind of crazy. And I just mm-hmm. don't see how necessarily how it's going to play out like well how do you go back this from this gonna... without right. being how do you go back from this without being overly transparently corrupt as a society how do you roll this back but without that's also that what this did that's what this did that's what that's this did it's opened up the conversation on how deep the corruption is and the childish part in me is it's the game stock stock to get better yes. like i'm still I, like i needed more time like i'm not gonna do it supremely quick reaction to it the emotion in me did an irish jig we both laughed our asses off for 39 minutes about this early this week like giggling laughing i'm just on the way back home and my in the cts feeling good with the sunroof until old pearly get fixed dying laughing because i it's just unimaginable you know what's going on and in some ways it's turning the stock market truly into a casino because you know that's exactly but that's always what it's been well, no, 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 no. And it, it, it's more it, it. I just had this conversation last night. It's gonna sound rich, but it's just like I'm not a, I'm not a gambler, but I, pl- I love poker type thing. Yeah. Like, yes, you could lose your money type thing, but it, it, the hedge funds prove that for decades that, like, that's what got exposed, right? Yes. Like, if you know the information, if you know what is gonna happen, because you can also manipulate this what's gonna happen. Yep. Are you really gambling? If you if if you know what cards are being held, are you really gambling? Well, it's been a gamble. You know, it's now, been a gamble for the private and retail trader, for the most part, for a long time until the age of the internet, where there was more access to information, more access to education, and understanding when a stock moves, why it's moving, because that was the most crucial element that was missing is the concept of why a stock moves and what can cause a stock to move. I mean, people don't even understand that sometimes what can cause a stock to move is a tweet from Elon Musk can cause a stock to jump. Again, I hate to keep bringing it up because it could fall on its face and it's very volatile. It's crazy. But Elon Musk tweeted Bitcoin like two days ago and, you know, it shot up a little bit. Um, Dogecoin. At this point, see, that's that shit was 622 percent, brother. That shit is fucking hilarious. And that's what I'm saying. Like when you can start to show a move in the market as far as just say, hey, okay, fuck it. We're going to shift the fuck. And then people made real money from this thing. Like I said, it was a fucking story about a South Korean company that owned like $3.5 million uh, worth of stock in game stock. And they got it for like 10, 15 years ago. And they ended up cashing out at over a billion. That's where the fish in the market, like I would be considered a fish, would be they don't if you're not well versed at all or don't know what's going on that's the part of the game that you don't understand like there's several people that's about to cash out on you and if you stuck at uh buying gamestop with a company that's by analytic uh purposes or like under analysis is worth twenty dollars at most at 350 dollars then the little guy gets fucked but i think that narrative that's trying to be shifted out in mass media because literally no that's what happened to that's that the, the hedge funds really just lost the game. Part of the reason yep. why the stock was worth twenty dollars potentially is because of what you market manipulators were doing on the other end. Hundred like, percent. Nah. Um, I mean, the, the the reality too is this brings another point up that I think 
you know, we've been talking about for a long time too. It's, it's, it's the media's response to this. This is where I get so irritated or even kind of ridiculously angry regarding the media's response. So you can be the same media company that when there's a situation that occurs with mass protests in the United States, you're taking up this concept of, well, yeah, you know, we need to be there for the American citizen. And, you know, everybody deserves, you know, the, the, the right of freedom and the right of act. But you're the same company that as soon as the stock market and the people who fund your company are hurting. Well, no, this isn't fair. This is not the big guy versus the little guy. This is clearly a manipulation by Reddit part who is just, you know, a bunch of alt right or alt left, depending on the media situation. The media response has been absolutely catastrophically stupid. It's been. I'm ridiculous. not gonna lie, man. These these white people civil wars have been the most entertainment shit, entertaining shit I've seen in my entire life. The flip side of being GameStop, GameStop it is a broken business. And as an employer, GameStop, like they had a shitty fucking model to take care of people. They took full advantage of people's uh, sincere love and appreciation yeah. for gaming culture in general. They too. did. You know what I'm saying? Like. But it, there, there's a part there, man, where I said it, man. I was watching uh, or commenting on some shit with uh, – I'm not going to even get into that. I was commenting on some shit, though. But I was saying, man, like what people don't understand is gamers are fucking crazy, and I love this shit. Like they are finna go crazy with this. When you democratize the stock market and you turn it into a game where you have people – that you know come from a generation where you selling like Fortnite makes billions of dollars off of cosmetic costumes bro so money means nothing a lot of times for these people and when you turn it into a game and you're surprised as a large hedge fund or in corporate America the old heads that you are gonna lose that game with people that were raised to decipher things this way thank you you know that's the revolution that's amazing to me like be very careful well, because once you cross gamers over into this financial like that was a critique that uh commonwealth of massachusetts was trying to say against robin hood because they were making the stock market into a game based on the way yep. they designed their app you know what i mean it's like i said it's a whole conversation we can have where we might need to just really really let this play out into a series well i'm interesting i am curious to see where it goes because we talk about the gamification the democratization of the stock market what needs to happen the fact that the door's been opened the curtain's been revealed and the beautiful thing about this todd is guys like me and you who have played stocks or watched stocks or read the news articles or read analysis we understood to a degree what hedge funds were doing this entire time they did a really good job on it. If you've never seen the movie The Big Short, it talks about the 2008 crash and it talks about these hedge funds basically short-selling loan companies and loan companies making billion dollars off of it because they know they knew what they were doing. They talk about Speaking that crash. Of that, it, it's, it's you know that's a great callback because the guy that's in The Big Short that the movie basically the primary guy in it um he made like 235 oh, uh, yeah. million off GameStop, this GameStop play. I, I checked his por- portfolio out a year and a half ago and I almost got in. And actually, well, I'm not going to get into all my personal business because this isn't a fucking financial suggestion show. It's more of a broader idea today about what the fuck is going on and like yeah. taking aback. Like, I'm really still in shock, is what I'm saying. I don't want to pretend like I know exactly everything that's going on and what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Because for it's, sure. that, it's that big of a moment to me. In this is historic history as far as the financial market is concerned. 
Um, and I think there is like there's okay. It's okay to let things breathe a little bit and yes. let's just let it out there. Let's throw it out to the tribe. Let's yeah. and, and then say this. This is something I think we all need to be paying attention to at this point. Yeah. It's something that's been kind of peppered into our show just naturally recently. I don't think that's by mistake or happenstance. And um, you know, I want to shout out to the Bootyist Prophets for giving us some foresight and understanding that of course our gaming culture was going to bleed into the stock market because the gaming culture has become that large and the way society as a whole in general is playing life like a game right now is kind of bugged out. So I'm supremely excited to hear about, you know, even you don't have to know about the stock market, but what are your thoughts as far as like the effect on culture, the fact that like, like now it's crossed over where everybody has to talk about it. And it's in the GameStop well, label of it brings gamers into it. Like, well, that's what I was going to say. Correlation assumption. It's the it's this concept that you've opened the door. This has revealed it. This is if you're paying attention to this and you're really understanding this. When I'm seeing this trend on t- TikTok, that's not financial TikTok. It's just regular creators who do stupid dances and make fun of it. And they're talking about this stuff. And people are starting to finally understand what a short squeeze is. People are understanding what hedge funds actually do. People are understanding now what actually happened in 2008. You've opened the door at this point. This has become a situation where all of a sudden people's eyes are opening up to what's actually been going on in these investment companies in corporate America for years and they're finally starting to understand, wow, we were really getting screwed over. These companies, these companies that went out of business, these companies where people lost their jobs and lost their 401ks and lost their houses. This was all being manipulated behind the scenes. This was all being manipulated by a market that was never made for you to win. And all of a sudden they gamified it and we started winning at it. And now they're crying on MSNBC. Screw you. You want to go on there? The crazy part is when people when people like that lose a game, either they tend to Mm -hmm. stop playing with you or they change it. They change it. I'm I'm interested. Me too. And they they change the rules on you. You know what I'm saying? Um, Well, that's what Nasdaq started talking about already is changing the rules. And I mean that in the argument to go back to the Robin Hood thing because that's going to play out even more, and we'll see how that goes, and we'll see what what the flavor of next week is. But I'm gonna keep continue to pay attention on the game plan that the motherfucker been doing. The flip side to the Citadel argument, or can some would say conspiracy, which it could be true or not, is really the game is being played so hard that you that Robin Hood unleashed the Kraken, basically. Yep. Where they were trying to serve up retail investors to corporate America, and now they have unleashed a monster that they may not realize was possible in such a short amount of time. Robin Hood hadn't even been around that long. Yep. Robin Hood might not even survive this, but the ideals that have been you know, release like a V for Vendetta scene may be, you know, something moving forward. Then you collide that with the potential. I mean, I don't know, man, like the concern for what's going to happen with the dollar long term in correlation to what's going on in the global economy is something that I think everybody's freaking out about and trying to figure out a way to to get rich as quick as they possibly can. Yeah, that's why I think a lot of like like I'm I could go into a whole another conversation why I think um a lot of countries are printing just as much money as they possibly can like it's a race so they can change their fiat cash into some kind of tangible asset uh for what could potentially happen in the next five to ten years. Um, 
but I don't I, I think I don't think it's uh anything unrelated to what we see in in the market right now. Agreed. I think the people that are manipulated or whatever you want to call it, just having conversations about it, they understand that wholeheartedly. And I don't think it's a coincidence that right after that shit happened, they made they they started pumping Dogecoin. Elon Musk starts talking about Bitcoin. Motherfucking, what's the next short squeeze? Is it Best Buy? Is it AMC? Is it silver? Is it Nokia? You know this is, right. And this is the thing. Like we we kind of breathing into this a little bit more, not in, you know, a deep, heavy kind of way. We joke and do fart jokes a lot and everything else like that. But I'm not the fucking official person here. Bryce not the fucking official no. person here. We regular people, you know what I'm saying? We do what we do. Sometimes we like to throw the plate out there. But collectively, just like Wall Street bets showed us <laughs> that, you know, if you when you ball the fist, when you have all five fingers and put them together, you have a fist type shit. I mean, we can maybe continue to ride this wave and survive this historic time in general that we live in where they're trying to pump vaccines and all kinds of stuff. People been locked up for 10 months. Markets are crazy. It feels like some shit that I'm, I've read in a history book, Yes, which is insane. Which is why I need to give the GameStop thing another week. I just think it's dope that they got to respect the gaming cultural culture, even in the midst of this kind of insanity. A hundred percent, dude. And like you said, we're not the we're not professional investors at this point. Me and you are both retail investors. Um, you know, we just we like to play around in it, and you know, we like to have portfolios built up, and we're trying to make some money at it too. But the reality is, is that we we do want to know your thoughts, and we want to know your opinions. Where I take the most joy in it is watching these hedge funds get outsmarted, outwitted, and outplayed at every single base level. I mean, that for me is a wealth redistribution uh, scenario. Is it full wealth redistribution? Uh, No, no. Is it a political move? No. This is a bunch of people who got together and decided to take the power back into their hands, which I thought is one of, that's, that's, that for me is a movement that will forever be historic. And I find absolutely, I, I get giddy and my heart gets a little bit light that there's still people out there willing to fight, but they're willing to fight by the rules of the game that's been established. Now, like Todd said, when billionaires get beaten at their own game, they tend to change the rules. They tend to... Not only that, not only that, my one other concern, they, they'll change the rules. And I do understand the statement of saying like, okay, I understand tomorrow if I wake up, like I would cry and shit myself and, and, and lose my mind if I lost you know, 60% of my portfolio overnight. But that's the thing. that Things like that can happen. Yes, they that's can. That's another thing that this kind of reminds me. That's just the truth. That's where the gamble part comes in. Yep. Where it is a gamble, like where people feel, especially if you really are kind of engulfed in it and understand that, you know, like the opposite idea that Warren Buffett would say that diversity is stupid. You know what I mean? Like diversify, pay attention, and kind of be on top of it. But for like the average person that can't make certain moves, man, it... it it's not something to just hop into all of a sudden and just hope that AMC is going to go up randomly no, to five hundred dollars no. one day. But it's also a weird thing as far as the casino aspect of it. Of like, if you're not there, if you're not in the game, then you don't even have a chance to score. No, you don't even have a chance at. It. I mean, I this this is something that we want to hear about from you guys for sure. I'll leave it like this. There's two things I heard this week that absolutely, absolutely made me kind of it harkened back to the joker movie 
which that's what this feels like. This feels like that last moments of the Joker when the streets are on fire and everybody's raging and it's slowly closing in on these wealthy people in this theater. But the one quote I heard is, it ain't no fun when the rabbit has the gun. And that is absolutely the truth of this situation. These people were freaked out because the doors opened up. And then the last I heard was John Stewart himself from The Daily Show. He tweeted out a good reaction to this, in my opinion. He said, this is bullshit. The Redditors are not cheating. They're joining a party Wall Street insiders have been enjoying for years. Don't shut them down. Maybe sue them for copyright infringement instead. We've learned nothing from 2008. That's an absolute, in my opinion, sums up the way that I feel about this whole situation. But you're right. There's a little bit of nervous energy about what happens next. How does this how does this move forward? What's the counter to this? Because there will be a counter. Just prepare for a counter. Um, but Todd, right. any last thoughts right. from you before we throw it out to the tribe? Nah, man, I mean, hopefully it's been fun as usual, my brother. Hopefully, maybe we'll do something light next week. Uh, top seven, depending on what the tribe. Comes top seven to, diapers they, in video they, games. Nah, bro, you've been bugging, and I I, I get it. We I, you okay though? No diapers. Fucking <laughs> top seven shit, diaper brands games. Well, man, or astronauts. Remember that astronaut bitch that rode, drove a, like uh, like all the way to Florida. It was like an eighteen hour drive in a diaper to mm. go. Oh my guy. god, I, I forgot posted. about that. She killed that, that dude, didn't game. she? That would be. I think she did. She yeah. murdered him. That would be yeah. like an amazing game to make yeah. in this climate. But uh, yeah, don't yeah, listen to us about the stock market. Listen, to see. did you just hear what we said? Don't right. listen to us. <laughs> That's the high. If you made it, it was a big ass joke. You don't joke. know what I actually am homeless and live in a van down by the river. Been a pleasure as usual, my brother, for real. Yes, sir. Um, it's good to be above ground doing his thing with you, man, and continuing with the um with the promise. Stay alive and keep the show going. That's yes, all sir. I got. Absolutely. Stay humble. Yeah, I mean that's Stay it. Podium. That's all I got. Stay humble, as we always say before we sign up. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are. If you agree or disagree, hit us up at skip the tutorial podcast at gmail.com, stt underscore pod, facebook.com backslash skip the tutorial pod. We have our super secret tribe there, which you can join. Skip the tutorial tribe. It's a private group, but you can join it. Um, and then instagram.com backslash skip the tutorial pod. Um, and as we always do before we sign off, stay oh, yeah, home. One, one, oh, more yes. shout out. one more shout out. One more shout out before I forget. Uh, Dan on uh, his podcast just shooting a you know uh like episode 11 is actually really dope y'all get a chance i, I might post it in there he's in a tribe member uh he's been there from the beginning to listen to every episode he got his little show i promise you it's actually pretty good and informative um i wanted to get that one little last shout out I'll go ahead man man that's with the send off though. that's that's a good send off and as we always do before we sign off stay humble humble Good night, Cambodia, Russia. Congratulations to Jizz Horncamp. (laughs) Seriously, don't listen to those folks. (laughs) 